0: You know, when it comes to the Browns, obviously disappointing loss on Sunday night football. And just it wasn't just the fact that they lost. It was the way that they ended up losing in that game. You could see that the Browns had, had an opportunity, more than an opportunity there on Sunday night. And to break it down, we go out to the, New- to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, where we welcome in Jared Mueller of Browns Wire and Jared... Just with the way that the Browns played on Sunday night, I I know there's a lot of finger pointing going on when it comes to the offensive side, but how concerned are you with Baker Mayfield going down this last stretch of games?
2: You know, I'm concerned about Baker Mayfield because of the schedule that they have. The Browns have a very difficult ending schedule, he didn't play terrible against Baltimore. He didn't play great, but he didn't play terrible against Baltimore. The reality is, and I think Kurt Warner did an okay job of breaking it down on a piece that that we covered on the Browns Wire, there are so many details about offensive football that contribute to success, right? And so, you know, Baker didn't look great. He missed a couple throws. He had obviously the fumble on a screen that looked like it was set up to score or uh, at least get him close to the goal line there. Um, But he didn't play terrible. I think he's actually started to play better, figure out how to work around some of his injuries, some of those kind of things. The question really is, is, is a slightly limited Baker Mayfield good enough to beat five teams that are either competing for the playoffs or likely to make the playoffs. And that is a really big question, especially against a team like Baltimore, who, you know, they're, they're stacking that bare front to stop the run. Really, the play action is almost pointless uh, at that point in time. <laughs> Can he do enough? And does he have enough weapons? That's really the biggest question.
0: Well, and Jared, the other part of it, too, you mentioned Baker being limited. You know, my biggest concern when it came to Baker getting hurt, especially, you know, to start out with the labrum and then that turned into. You know, he had the groin issue previously. He had the heel on his planting foot. You know, my concern was the habits in his, in his mechanics that would form from that and trying to compensate for those injuries. You know, do you have any concern long-term when it comes to Baker and maybe some of the habits that he's developed as the season has gone on? I don't have
2: any long-term concerns. You know, last year they, they really readjusted how he did everything with his mechanics. His footwork, all of that. He is taking some false steps. He is struggling to push off. He's always struggled with sailing some balls, especially over the middle of the field, which could be due to height, is some mechanics issue, some of those kind of things. I'm not concerned long term, you know, with some of those kind of things. I am concerned long term about confidence. You know, the the reality of the Kevin Stefanski offense is so detail oriented. A lot of people want to talk about, well, it's play action. If you take that away. Well, if you take that away, you're literally taking away the offense. That's the way it's designed, the way it's set up. And with that comes literally every second, every step, every little piece of that matters. And so it can really affect his confidence if he is taking those false steps. And and all of a sudden that slanted Jarvis Landry that should have been caught on the numbers is being caught near the linebacker. And instead of, you know, having some run after the catch, He's getting tackled right away. So I'm not concerned about the physical. I'm more concerned about the mental because it's so detail oriented in this offense.
0: Now, on Sunday night, you saw the way that the Ravens were able to defend against Nick Chubb in this running in this rushing attack. And, you know, since week nine, according to Pro Football Focus, you have Nick Chubb coming in second in the NFL when it comes to ten plus yard runs with twelve, uh, just behind Jonathan Taylor, who has seventeen. When it comes to the Ravens' defense and what they did, do you think that that's going to be something that defense can adjust to and adapt going up against the Browns down the stretch here?
2: I mean, absolutely. Now, the, the Ravens' defense uh, has, has been what they are for a while, even with different defensive coordinators. And so they're very disciplined. They always bring guys up. So they're not often really replacing from the outside. They're, they're really adding to or, you know, that fifth-round pick that's been in the system for three years. So they understand the details of, of their football team and what they're supposed to do on defense. But I do see a lot of teams looking at the Browns and going, until Donovan Peoples-Jones or, or Schwartz or or David Joku are constantly beating us one-on-one, we're either going to run some zone or we're just going to run one-on-one man defense and bring our safeties down into the box so that the Browns uh, just struggle to run. I also know that the wide zone scheme, which they run primarily, but they're not as heavy as some people assume they are is a little bit more difficult in a get an odd front defenses, because in an odd front you have more linebackers a little bit off the ball, which makes reaching them for the wide zone scheme a little bit more difficult. So um, not as many teams run that kind of odd front, but I can see a lot more teams bringing those safeties down into the box until Donovan Peoples, jones Schwartz, some of those guys, obviously we know Landry is not going to beat anybody deep, uh, that kind of thing. So, can those guys actually start to make some of those big plays where those safeties have to get out of the box where those, they, they take out a linebacker and put in another cornerback. Those are the things that really are going to affect the run game. Cause right now it's just a numbers game that the Browns can't win.
0: Well, with that being said about the, the Ravens having that kind of odd, odd front uh, and uh, almost a unique front with what the Browns have with what the NFL is putting out there currently you know, Do you think that benefits the Browns going forward, given the fact that they only have to play them once here coming out of the bye, and then after that it's kind of going back to more of the traditional uh, defense that they're used to playing at that point?
2: I do, except the Steelers you know, run some similar. They run a lot more zone blitzing off of theirs. But the, the Steelers run a similar 3-4 style that, that can cause problems for the Browns. And I think the reality is if the Browns can't pull out this win in Week 14 against the Ravens, Um, then then there's going to be a lot of trouble for the team, and I'm not sure they're able to mentally get back into it at six and seven. And so then you may see, you know, does Baker Mayfield, and we we wrote about this, does Baker Mayfield actually go and get that surgery because we think it's going to be a four to six months recovery time, those kind of things. But I think the Steelers are going to be problematic as well. Uh, I think the good news for the Browns is those two teams play this week. They tend to beat each other up. And if the Ravens win, do they go into week 14 with a little bit more of a a lackadaisical approach? You know, having that many games up on both the Steelers and the Browns and then just have to worry about the Bengals. I think that's the real hope for the Browns going into their next game uh, and coming off of this bye week to get ready, get rested, get healthy.
0: Now, switching gears over to the defense as well, you know, out of the last six games that the Browns have had, you know they've only allowed more than seventeen points in just one of those matchups, and obviously that one wasn't a pretty one. It was against New England, but you know, <laughs> outside of that that one uh, very disappointing game, you know they've played pretty well and pretty soundly over the last month and a half. You know, what have your thoughts been on the defense and specifically with Joe Woods and what he was able to do on Sunday?
2: You know, I think on Sunday you just saw uh, a defense that took advantage of a bad offense. And so I think the Browns' defense is coming together similar to how the offense came together late last season. And and so you're seeing some of those improvements. There is just a lot of talent on that side of the ball, and it all just kind of had to figure itself out. John Johnson III hasn't looked like the stud that we saw out in L.A., but he's starting to put it together, right? Greg Newsome, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa getting healthy, figuring it out as rookies. There's just a lot of talent on that side of the ball, getting Tack McKinley back to get Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney some rest was helpful. I think the defense is trying to figure it out. And I think there is a piece of the puzzle that it, that it can be difficult at times with do they want to be aggressive? Yes, we like blitzing is fun for fans and all of that. But from an analytical perspective and, and understanding what the team is, not giving up big plays is more important than getting getting a big play for the Browns right now given their offensive limitations those kind of things, not only do they want to kind of grind the clock on offense with their running game, but at some level they realize their offense really doesn't have the explosive nature outside of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh, and maybe a play here and there for their receivers or tight ends, but they really want to be okay with some of that cover two shell to allow some of those shorter passes, those kind of things, um, and then hope Miles Garrett, Davion Clowney, You know, some of those guys can make a big play here and there. So I think the defense and offense always plays kind of complementary football. And there's a reason the Browns haven't been as blitz happy as maybe fans have wanted.
0: Now, sticking with that defense, especially, you know, over the last or ever since the Browns drafted Miles Garrett, it it really just seemed like they were looking for that heir apparent. They ended up trading away Emmanuel Ogba, who's having success with the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, they tried to have Olivier Vernon in that role. That really didn't work out. Uh, they were kind of off and on again when it came to their uh, success. But, you know, it seems like the Browns have that guy in Jadavian Clowney, and he's stayed relatively healthy. Do you think that there's a chance that they that they keep him around, you know, at least for the next couple of seasons? You know, I,
2: I think both sides, Clowney's side and the Browns want that to happen. I think the problem for the Browns is that the NFL may look and go, all right, Clowney, we figured out what he does best we're willing to pay him X amount of dollars. And for the Browns, that just may not be realistic. Um, But they've found the guy that they know. They want a guy who can be strong on that opposite edge, can push the pocket, uh, can be long and lean in the uh, the run game, those kind of things. And Clowney does that stuff perfectly. He's not the the bend-the-edge, edge rusher. But the reality is with Miles Garrett, they don't really actually want that. Now, there are a few guys in the upcoming NFL draft that could interest them. Uh, At defensive end, if they're not able to re-sign Jadavian Clowney, that kind of fits some of that mold. But the Browns have wide receiver needs. They have interior defensive line needs. So if they can pull off a Clowney extension or a signing uh, this offseason, they'd love to be able to do it. I just worry that someone in the NFL is going to have too much money available, see what he did this year, and think he can be a number one when the reality is, is he needs to be a number two doing exactly what he's doing in Cleveland.
0: Early on in this season, you know, we see, we saw Denzel Ward kind of get picked on a little bit, even especially against the the Kansas City Chiefs game. And then even against uh, the Houston Texans early on in the year. But again, last month and a half, all of a sudden Denzel Ward, he's been looking like the Denzel Ward we come to expect. And I mean, PFF put out their highest graded cornerbacks under 25. And, you know, he's right there with Jair Alexander for his career. So, You know, Jared, what have your thoughts been on Denzel Ward and the way that he's been able to turn his season around here in the back half?
2: You know, I think it's interesting. Ward seems to struggle a little bit early in seasons as he's trying to kind of figure it out and what his role is going to be and and just kind of get comfortable. Injuries have always been a significant concern for Ward uh, in that he's going to miss that game two or four kind of thing. And so I think we saw that this year. Um, but I also think he just put a lot of pressure on himself. You know, didn't get a contract extension. You know, he'll be playing on his fifth year uh, next year. We've seen a lot of good from him as he's just kind of loosened up, relaxed into his role, knowing what he's doing, feeling comfortable with Joe Woods and, and what they want to do. Um, we've just seen a lot of improvement. He's also learned to trust the guys behind him and know that they are doing, or even in front of him in some of the linebacker role, You know, Ward could get beat at times on some of those double moves. He's really starting to trust the Anthony Walkers, the JOKs, the John Johnsons, those guys, that they're doing their job so he can just focus on what he's supposed to do, not have to overthink, not have to overprocess. Uh, And he's doing a great job. He is a lockdown number one level corner that no matter where he goes, whether he is extended in Cleveland or not, fans may just have to be used to. He has a little bit of a slighter frame. He's going to miss a game or two. Obviously, concussions have been a little bit of an issue for him. Um, but he really has come on in the second half seemingly comfortable with what's going on around him and the players around him doing their job.
0: Jared Mueller of Browns, Wire joining me on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Jared, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it, my friend, on this Saturday morning.
2: Hey, not a problem, Mac. Take care of yourself.
0: Hey, you too. You too. That was Jared Mueller again of Browns, where you guys can follow him on Twitter at Jared K Mueller.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?